podcast and um it has been a little cold down here in texas this week and, just a uh, little bit <laughs> man it's uh yeah man when you walk outside and you're um, it's 19 degrees and the wind hits your face and it feels like someone's stabbing you and then you go to take a pee and it's like looking for a turtle it's not good weather mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> man that's that's a good way to put it and then you can't step outside without you know busting your ass yeah uh, you know and then it got like a little icy and a little cool and then it warmed up for a day and now here this evening it's gonna drop back down to like 28 tonight or something it's like what? No wonder I I sound hoarse and I can't talk and my allergies are acting kind of weird and because I've we we have literally gone through all four seasons in the last three days for real in Texas. I mean we've had summer, winter, fall, and spring in the last four days in okay. double winter with cold. I mean, you know, I like the cold. Don't be wrong, but in Texas we're not made for twenty degree weather. At least no. where we live in Texas, maybe more North Texas, but. Um, our bodies just aren't uh, in, inclined to agree with it. And, uh, and that stuff they say about when you get older, man, you feel it in your bones. Man, I, I never believed that stuff, man, but I, now I do. Man, my bones were hurting. It's like, what is wrong with me? It's like, <laughs> it's cold weather. It's like, it makes me creak. Yeah, man. It's especially uh, for for me, it makes my, uh, makes my knee a little, I could feel it in my knee, the one I had surgery on. Uh, that's for sure. But it's uh it's that thing that comes with age, man. You just you know, the cold affects you a little bit different. <laughs> yeah, I suppose so. And um man, yeah, but we but we survived it. It's nothing like two years ago where we had all the uh, power outage and and water lines down and things like that. That was um that was all pretty um horrible in a lot of ways. Yeah. Uh, at least this was just a little hard freeze it um didn't seem to do too much damage at least from what i saw nah. and uh, and now we're um and now we've had our four days of winter in texas we can move on and uh, get ready for springtime <laughs> well then again we, you know we might have some more cold weather but not a whole lot hopefully so mm-hmm. but uh other than that man um i'm uh I'm going to straight up admit this might be the most tired I've done doing a podcast in a while, but I'm going to do my best to put on a good show for all you listening folk. And, uh, I will push through it. I there we strive. go, man. I will strive. Um, you gotta be like Rocky in the snow and Rocky four, just chugging through the snow, man. You know, I, I, I guess make it to the top of that mountain. Yeah, I cannot go up any fucking mountain right now. My knees are going to be hell no. Sit your old ass down, motherfucker. It's like, uh-huh. no. it's that, like that, we talked about Family Guy uh, last episode briefly in the pop culture segment. And uh, there's a, uh, there's a, there's an episode where Peter uh, is trying to sprint. He's playing like a baseball game. And his muscles, he goes to his muscles uh, like it's a power plant. And they're like, what's a red lights going off? And it's like, well, what's he trying to do? And he's like, he's trying to run. And he's like, no, no, we don't have enough power for that. He's like, (laughs) well, why does he think he can run? He hasn't had any water all day. And he goes, well, he thinks that there's, there's water in the hot dogs. And he's like, no, he's like, I'm going to have to call for a full muscle cramp. And then uh, he pulls a lever and Peter goes, ah, and falls over, (laughs) just keels over, grabs his leg. Oh man. Um, and I'm like, that's yes. right, man. We, yeah. we brought that up on pop culture. We got the top five returning today. Yes. Later in the episode. Um, it's kind of a low key top five for our first one of the year, but we're going to have some fun with that. I, I said last week on the show, we're going to do it once a month, but it might be a kind of every other week thing. So I have some ideas to do with it as we move towards our official 10th anniversary. Um, some, uh, some fun stuff to do with it. So, um, but that'll be in the show later today, the first top five of 2024. Um, I'm still getting used to saying that 2024. Yeah, I have to kind of weird. And then yeah. it just also just means I'm a year closer to 50. God damn it. I'm still, <laughs> I'm still getting mixed up with 2023. Like I have to put down dates and stuff a lot. And every once in a while I'll accidentally put a three instead of a four. And, uh, yeah. it's, it's screws me up. Yeah, I'm like, I, mean, oh, I don't even know what day it is half the time. And then I'm like, <laughs> You know, you're like Kyle. Remember the year? It's like okay. What day is it? 
What year? Well, I usually know what day of the week it is, but I can man date. Yeah. So you, I didn't. I, I didn't even know it was January nineteenth. I'm like, what, what? I could. I would have said seventeenth, sixteenth. I didn't know. You know, it's like, yeah, shit. We're unless like if I, the first like, month already. Like if I have a doctor's appointment, things like that, I usually can remember. But sometimes I just go through the weeks. So I'm like, I don't know what day it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Especially if one of the, the kids isn't doing sports. Like once we start baseball back up here soon, then I pay a little more attention. You know, dates and. Things like that, but these these weeks to just sort of flow through. I don't know, whatever day it is, we go. <laughs> but uh, but you know, it hasn't been a, an all work week despite being tired. I was able to um watch some things and uh, and uh, I want to mention, man, did you know we uh, we we talked about Godzilla minus one was our 2023 movie of the year. Um, it was a unanimous choice by both of us, and uh, for. We talked about in Japan, they did a special release where the film is was re-released in black and white. They call it minus one minus color and uh, to make it look like the old 1954 original Godzilla film. And uh, they went in and they didn't just monochrome wipe this film. They actually went in um, scene by scene and, and made it look like legitimate old school black and white. And it's going to have an American release next week uh, in January 26th. They'll play in theaters for one week. Um, you'll be able to go see the minus color version of Godzilla minus one in your local theater. So check that out. If you wish, I, I'm going to go see it. I think um, I'm kind of excited to see it in the black and white version. Um, such an amazing movie. Um, so worth, worth seeing if you didn't, because they're going to pull it from theaters officially February 1st. And, uh, but you know, th- this movie is an amazing accomplishment. It was supposed to be just one week only the way it came out December 1st. And here it yeah. is two months later, State in theaters has made over $51 million in domestically in the U.S. It's fixing $100 million worldwide. Uh, the most successful live-action Japanese film um, in America ever made. Uh, fifth highest grossing foreign language film in America. Um, you know, just quite, quite an achievement for wow. a, a monster movie. Uh, I guess it's in the same realm as Pan's Labyrinth? Pan's Labyrinth, strangely, is like sixth or seventh. I, it's, I know Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon is number one. Uh, yeah. Let's say like Life is Beautiful is up there in top two or three and yeah. a couple other ones. But Pan's Labyrinth, I think, was like six or seven. Um, you know, it, it's and, still uh, pretty good. Yeah. But uh, pretty, pretty awesome to see the success of Godzilla uh, minus one in theaters. And, and it's just helped the big guy make such a huge comeback. And I would argue that his comeback kind of started in 2014 with the release of the American MonsterVerse films, and then we got King of the Monsters and Godzilla versus Kong, and then the Monarch TV series, and and uh, then we in a couple months we have Godzilla versus X Kong: The New Empire. Uh, so it's a good time to be a big G fan, and um, you know I've always been a fan of of Godzilla, but man, lately I've really gone down the rabbit hole, and that's one of the things I watched this week. I went ahead and added another movie to that list. Actually, two. I went ahead and watched uh, Son of Godzilla because I'm trying to watch them in order. And uh, Son of Godzilla is where the series starts getting a little goofy, a little silly. But uh, the strange thing about Son of Godzilla I was reading is that it's one of the more popular ones ever released in Japan because it's uh, very kid accessible. So okay. parents in Japan like the film. They can show it to their kids. It's more kid friendly. Uh, Son Go- Godzilla's son is one of the more popular monsters on usual rankings and stuff like that because he appeals to the children so i thought that was interesting because the movie's kind of goofy kind of silly um you know but i can see why it has massive kid appeal and then the uh, follow-up to that is destroy all monsters and so at this point in the godzilla series it had already gotten a little weird with aliens bringing good order to earth and things like that but destroy all monsters it really gets kind of weird it's like it jumps like 20 years in the future and all the monsters are living on this island all of a sudden, there's these new monsters you've never seen before. And then there's these aliens using these control devices to control the monsters to attack American cities. And then they have to go in and they have to they find the devices and they reverse the devices to make the monsters attack back against the aliens. It's just really, you can tell it's getting into the late 60s, early 70s Godzilla fan. Yep. And because my my eight-year-old is in the room right now playing PlayStation not too far from me. I'm not going to say what that means exactly, but I think if you understand what the late 60s and early 70s were, you get why these films are getting a little bizarre. Mm-hmm. You ever heard <laughs> the song Strawberry Fields Forever? 
That's, That's that'll right. give you a Lucy in the sky with diamonds. These people were yeah. sitting back and writing these scripts going, oh, that sounds like a good idea. And they were being very happy about it. Mm -hmm. um, but that doesn't mean not, not entertaining by any means. They're just get a little bizarre in that in those late 60s, early 70s. So and uh, so next on the list is Godzilla versus Adora. That would be ne the next on the on the um, list. And if I'm continue to watch them in order. So uh I've been uh, enjoying watching those and uh, just going down that rabbit hole, trying to finish all 30 Godzilla films. I mean, I've seen some of them, so I may not watch some of the more new, like most of the Millennium Era ones from Godzilla 2000 up. I've seen all those pretty recently, so I may not rewatch those in my order, but I'm, I'm almost, I've only got about four or five films left in the Showa era, so almost done. And for people who don't know when they hear Showa era, um, they define those films by who's the emperor at the time in Japan. And the emperor was Showa, and that's why they call it the Showa era until he mm -hmm. his era was over. And he, I don't know, I guess he passed away, or I don't know if I don't think emperors retire. I think I could be wrong on this, but I think they're just like kings or queens. They once they pass on, there's a new emperor in Japan. And then the, the Hesai era is, um, was the emperor during 85 to like the late 90s films, and now the late, recent ones they call them the millennium area. Era. And I don't know if that's because obviously the emperor's name's not millennium, but I guess that's just what they called the 2000s to 2014 or whatever. And now there's a different name for the new era with Shin Godzilla and minus one. I can't remember what it is, but I thought it was interesting. That's how they define the different eras of Godzilla fans. And uh, if we had long on the show, he would know a lot more about that than I do. But a uh, brief explanation of what those, why those films are called, are those different things. Um, so that's really about all I watched this week. But I've also been playing. Um, I mean, this is a game I bought like two years ago, but I never really got into it just because of life and, and things. But uh, I've been playing Ghost of Tsushima on my PlayStation, which is a, a PlayStation exclusive game. And man, this incredible game! It's like you're a samurai protecting your lands from the invasion, and uh, it's an open world game. And it's a lot like Red Dead Redemption, only with cowboys. It's it's samurais and. Uh, there's something extremely satisfying about this game, slicing and dicing people and cutting them up and, and doing assassinating people. And, and, uh, you know, you're as a samurai, you know, you're, you're not supposed to assassinate people. So it goes against your honor, but it's part of the game because it's all leading to what you have to do to protect your lands and your family. And, uh, really been playing that a lot this week and, uh, um, enjoying the heck out of it. Man, it's such a good game. And I knew it would be a good game. I just never had time to sit down and play it. And now I've had some time to sit down and finally really get into Ghost of Tsushima and uh, really enjoying that. And uh, I know I'm a little bit behind the times on playing that game, but I'm there, damn it. I'm finally there playing Ghost of Tsushima. And uh, it's a it's a good game. And I'm trying to think if I watched anything else this week. I feel like I did, but um, I definitely watched those couple of Godzilla films. And You said Monarch, right? How'd you like yeah. the uh, last? Oh, episode? I did finish. That's right. I um, since last we talked, the monarch concluded, and um, man, I liked the way it ended. Uh, I thought it was it was uh, satisfying. I mean, it, it was kind of left open where they could do a second season, but at the same time, I don't feel they. Uh, I think they told enough story to bridge the gap between uh, the two films, and the inter it ended with a interesting twist. Um. And I don't want to spoil too much for people who are still getting caught up, but uh, it makes you wonder where the ending takes place at. Because uh, I, I will give a small spoiler. There's a brief appearance by Kong at the end, and you're like, okay, what is this? And then it's kind of to be continued. So ah. you don't know if it takes place right before Kong versus Godzilla or if it takes place after or if it takes place. Because there's some time warping, jumping in this show. So you have to kind of... I'm trying to say this not as full as I can, because I know you haven't finished it yet, Matt, and I want you to finish yeah. it. And uh, but but it was good, man. the The finale was um, very satisfying, so I definitely uh, definitely recommend Monarch if you're a fan of Godzilla and the series. and And I know the show took some flack for being not enough monsters in it, but that's not what it's supposed to be about. It's supposed to be about these people and and who developed the Monarch and that company. And I thought it was well done. And uh, and Kurt Russell is great in the show. And there's some pretty deep emotional resonance in the final episode that I was not expecting, but, uh, but was a nice, was a nice touch. Cause you know, you think it's all about monsters and scary stuff, but there's some deep emotional connection in that final episode that was very fitting to the show. And I hope it gets a second season though. I really do. I know they're talking about it and I think Apple is waiting for, um, 
numbers, final numbers come in, and uh, hopefully they uh, announce the second season soon. And Kurt and his son have both already said they'd be glad to be back for it if it, if it happens. So we'll see. Nice. Oh, man, I yeah, I definitely need to get caught up. Um, but I did check out some stuff uh, because you had mentioned uh, uh, you had mentioned uh, Yu Yu Hakusho. And I said, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to give it a watch. Uh, and I watched oh, the first episode. That reminds me. There is something else I watched. But what'd you watch? Oh, I was, oh it's, it's and you, you, you mentioned Yu Yu Hakusho. It's an anime I've been watching on Crunchyroll. Yeah. First off, don't let your kids be in the room when this is on. <laughs> um, One second, it you'll like it. It's 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 yeah. It's it's itchy, so it's definitely not for kids. And uh, it's called Prison School. Um, this is the funniest show I've seen in a while, too. But also vulgar, um, non doesn't apologize for anything. It's about these this all girls school that lets decides to let five boy students in to try to become co-ed. And um, so basically, they have this secret program that they run where they basically get to make up their own rules despite what the principal says. And they basically put these five boys into prison school and do like their own prison after they discover that they're peeping tops. And you can imagine the things that ensue in this show. And, it, and, and when I say that, it's not hentai or nothing like that. It's it's more played for laughs and tongue in cheek and things like that. Yeah. But there's plenty of nudity in it that you don't want to have the kids in the room and plenty of adult stuff. And uh, I'm only about three episodes in, but it's it's hilarious. Um, uh, the, the shenanigans that occur in the show are just like, wait, did that just happen? And you just have yourself shaking your head and laughing. <laughs> and it's on Crunchyroll, um, you know, so it's it's accessible, uh, but but uh, definitely not for kids. And I was just looking for something different to watch, and uh, I, I came across a list of like ten great shows you may not have heard of that are on Crunchyroll right now. And that's how I found it. And I was like, you know, we'll watch it. Um, nice. And uh, so Prison School is the name of it, though. But it is on Crunchyroll. Prison School. Nice, man. Well, yeah. Um, so I did I did stick with anime um, after our, uh, you know, the, our movie last week. And I did check out the live action Yu Yu Hakusho. Um, and it's been out long enough to where I feel like I could talk a little bit about the first episode. Because um, that's all I watched. Yeah. So, <clears throat> sorry, <clears throat> the first episode, I think, pretty much wraps up, I feel like almost halfway through season one, because halfway through season one, uh, Yusuke Yurameshi is basically a, a ghost, and he's, you know, regains his body um, and, you know, becomes a spirit detective. That's a span of like 10, 12 episodes, I feel like, in itself. Um, and that's basically what the first episode is about. Um, I like that they touch on some of the things that are covered in season two, um, like all the, uh, men that are trying to create a, a portal, um, tunnel to demon world to allow demons in. And, uh, there is a possessed human that Yusuke has to fight and the per the actor fights just like Yusuke, um, that, you know, over embellished uppercuts and, and uh, you know, really, really telegraphed hits, you know, punches that, that Yusuke throws. If you've seen the anime, um, the actor that plays Yusuke fights just like him. Um, and I, I like it so far. I mean, and then the guy that they picked out to be Ku Kuwabara gets his uh, numbskull uh, over macho-ness definitely down uh and so that's that's what i picked up on on the first episode um so i feel like they're they're true to you know pretty much the main characters and uh well, looks pretty good so far it's interesting because like i'm about 16 17 episodes into one piece's anime right yeah and i've already seen the first season of live action and like the first 17 episodes of the anime are like literally like the first maybe two or two and a half episodes of live action so it makes you realize how much, and I don't know if you feel like this about Yu Yu Hakusho, how much filler there is in anime. <laughs> like, you realize after you see a live action version, you're right. You know, you know that told a good story. You really didn't need all that other stuff. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of filler in One Piece. And I don't know if you feel the same now after watching Yu Yu Hakusho's live action. There really is. I mean, they have to, 
And, and Yu Yu Hakusho is one of the faster paced animes. That's why I feel like it only lasted four seasons right. is, is because it wasn't like Dragon Ball Z um, where, you know, one season was like, you know, 40 episodes versus like Yu Yu Hakusho's, right. you know, 10, you know, 20, you know, um, now, so, is, is yeah. the anime streaming now somewhere? I think it's on Crunchyroll now. I want to say it's on Crunchyroll. I know for a long time it wasn't streaming because it had something to do with music rights or some BS like that, why you couldn't find it for a while. But I think that all got solved, and I think it's online now. Yeah. Uh, I will say Smile Bomb is a top five anime intro. It's, that's, a, that's, that's my jam as far as like animes go. I may like it better than Dragon Ball Z's Chala head chala. That's that's how I call that the enchilada song. The it enchilada song. <laughs> it sounds like you're going chala la enchilada. Make, yeah. <laughs> Boys get mad. That's not what it says, Dad. If I hear uh, that from now on, every time I, I you're hear, hear that fucking song, enchilada, I'm gonna be pissed. <laughs> like, damn it, Mark. Now I can only hear enchilada whenever I hear that song. I'll shake my fist your way. That's your um, idea. But yeah, I'm I'm excited to uh, to check out more episodes definitely uh over the course of the weekend hopefully and uh and into next week and you know talk about it some more. Um other than that, uh Killers of the Flower Moon was on Apple Plus and I did check that out. Scorsese's uh tale of the um Osage uh County uh nation and a true story that uh happened on US soil. Uh, that was, it's not very, uh, much touched upon. Uh, and you know, it stars, uh, Lily Gladstone, Leo DiCaprio, De Niro. Um, and, uh, Brandon Frazier is in, in the movie too. Kind of feels out of place. Uh, but you know, he's okay. Um, but it's, it's crazy, you know, watching the movie and you think Leo is the good guy when he's really, it's really a bad guy in the movie. Um, De Niro is, of course, and you can kind of tell that by the trailer, but he's, he's really good as a black, bad, bad, bad guy. Um, it's, uh, I feel like for three hours and 40 minutes, it goes by pretty fast. Uh, it keeps you engaged. There's a lot going on. Uh, so definitely pay attention. I think my wife looked away for a little bit and I had to <laughs> be like, well, well, didn't, didn't you just see this happening? You, you realize what they're doing, right? They're. You know, I don't want to ruin it because it's, you know, some people may have not seen I'm it. I'm going to try to watch it. Working their way around it. But uh, it's a movie you definitely need to pay attention to. Uh, it's uh, it's epic. Uh, well, I wouldn't say ep there. There's a lot of buildup, I'll say. Uh, it's not like it's not like, like like Oppenheimer where it's like there's just this big, you know, boom, you know, literally in Oppenheimer. But here it's a it's a lot of plot scheme, uh, double cross, uh, and, and that kind of stuff. And it's uh, man, it it's well done. Scorsese, uh, this could be his last film. You never know. It's like eighty years old, so had to watch it. Definitely had to watch it. Yeah, uh, no, because he's making he's making the Jesus Christ movie. He is. He's, yeah, he's making oh, some wow. movie, and then he's got. Some script apparently with they wants to do another one with Leo apparently too. I can't remember what that one is. So I don't think he's done yet. He's not done. He's still got a few to crank out. Yeah. Um, and uh the wife had not seen uh The Departed. So I made what? her watch The Departed. Yeah. And I was like, dude, it's got it's got Man, mock and mock in there. there. That's my favorite Scorsese film. Yep. I'm recommending him for the Medal of Merit. <laughs> you know and then you got you got jack nicholson being fucking vulgar as shit <laughs> movie yeah. movie so good don't you like to put your cock up her ass <laughs> <laughs> i don't know that's that's my best jack nicholson right now it's hard it's hard to do his voice um but uh, but his, his dialogue is just so fucking left field in that movie you're just like what the shit, man? Did they just like, hey, <laughs> just come up with some fucked up dialogue and uh, and say it, you know, Basically. And, and say it all the time to Matt Damon and see what he does. <laughs> <laughs> see how Matt Damon reacts. 
<laughs> but uh, but man, that movie's so good. Uh, so what, very, did, what did she freak out when Leo went up the elevator and boom? Yes, she's like, no. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, dude, yeah. I was like, but don't worry, don't worry. It's like you'll 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 feel better in a in like five or ten minutes. <laughs> and then Marky Mark's up there and takes care of him. <laughs> How about oh, that? So great in theaters. So here with the old theater, just gas. It was awesome. Yeah, man. That's <laughs> that's one of Scorsese's Scorsese's best. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, uh, check that out. Revisited that, and man, what else was there? No, I didn't do it. I, I was going to, I was going to rent, um, the Marvels. And yeah, because I for it on Disney Plus, yeah, that's what I thought. I, I I was gonna rent it so that I could occupy the kids tonight. You know, order a pizza, have a little movie night, and I was like, oh, twenty bucks. I wasn't gonna buy it, but I was like, ah, oh, twenty bucks. Yeah. You know, that's cheaper than a movie ticket. But then I was like, man, wait, wait, like a month and a half, it'll yeah, be on probably less than Disney that, Plus. Two or three weeks, probably. Who knows? Yeah, because I kept watching the trailer, and I was like, I can't hype myself up for this. And I was like, I just can't. I was like, no, I can't justify twenty bucks. Five bucks. If it was five bucks already, I'd I'd pay five to to watch it, right. but not twenty. Yeah, nah. And speaking of the, I think I saw Oppenheimer will be for people who haven't seen it will be on Peacock like February second, maybe. I might have that date wrong. And then for people that have not seen Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part One, it will be on Paramount Plus. January 25th, so next week. Nice. Um, for people that did not get to see those yet. So those are, speaking of waiting for streaming, those are a couple of big movies from last summer. If people haven't seen, they'll be available soon if you have those streaming services. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'll watch the Marvels when it hits Disney+. Plus. I'm not in no hurry to see it. And uh, now my daughter's about to have a panic attack. She doesn't get to see Trolls Band together soon, but it's supposed to be on Peacock. I read like late February, early March. I said, you can wait. Now, if it drops like five bucks, maybe I'll rent it for like five dollars, but I'm not going to pay $20 to rent Trolls Band together. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. She she was no. like, but I have to go see Godzilla in all these movies. How come I didn't get to see Trolls? I was like, well, it came out while Wyatt was playing baseball. We just didn't have time, and I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> maybe you feel like a bad dad because I make her go. She goes, I don't like all those monster movies. I'm like, yeah, but you'll be the cool girl when you grow up. That's why I told her. <laughs> yeah, huh? that's right. Because <laughs> you went to see all these cool movies, your brothers and your dad. She'll think. She'll think. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> all right. Well, let's get into uh, today's featured film, which is a, uh, a movie that came out in 2010 and, um, you know, made a, made a little noise on the international, uh, critics associations and and a little buzz through streaming services things like that and it's a korean film and um on the surface this movie feels like kind of a typical i don't even call it a revenge flick it's it's more of a uh, uh what would you call it mad more of a uh, you could say it's a revenge a, flick a, um a gen, but it's it, but it yeah it's 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 one of those payback movies, flick. a payback flick, um, where the protagonist is what we've seen lately. Like, right? You know, oh, I, you know, you think he's a nobody, but he this actually movie, is a some. That's the thing. This movie pre know? precedes John Wick, and it has um, a protagonist that's in that similar vein. And this, um, but this movie also when you get to the end of it has a much deeper um, emotional resonance with it. Yeah. As, as the film unfolds. And uh, the name of the movie is the man from nowhere. And I, uh, I saw this um, while back and again, I, I, I remember liking it, but I guess it didn't resonate with me enough to re completely remember it. And I even picked it up on Blu-ray, like in the $5 bin. I was like, you know, I like this movie. I think I'll, I'll grab a copy of it. And, um, and and then maybe watched it one other time until now. And, uh, you know, 13 years later, and I, and I saw it, it was on Netflix. And I started watching it. And I was like, man, I forgot that this is a really well-crafted uh, action film. Um, and with, with 
And so I was like, you know, let's do it on the well podcast. Well-crafted is a good, and, uh, good term for it. Yeah, it, it's it's well-acted. It's um, It's got an interesting uh, plot that's not always um, easy to watch, if that's fair to say, because it deals with some heavy shit, man. I mean, it deals yeah. with trafficking of children to run drugs. Mm-hmm. And uh, amongst other things that the film kind of hints at that they might be using these kids for um, stealing their body parts to sell them on the black market, their organs and things like that. Some some pretty deep stuff, you know, and uh, and uh, it's all done through the shadow or through the eyes of a, a a former widower or not former or a widower who turns out to be um, a former black ops assassin for yep. uh, for the uh, Korean military. And uh, he's just trying to live his life and mind his own business and, and run a pawn shop. And, and, you know, and after after we find out later in the film that he had lost his wife and unborn child to some people that wanted revenge on him, you know, that somebody that he may have killed in his assassinations. And so he's just trying to live his life quietly and 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 um, mind his own business until he gets involved with this little girl who lives next door. And her mom is a drug addict and and. Uh, and a hooker and and the, she's not really taking care of her girls the girls is looking for a friend and kind of like the mom from the crow yeah yeah, yeah. and he he's trying to mind and he's he, you know he's befriends her but at the same time he kind of pushes her away a bit until the mom gets involved with some some drug dealers that she owes um i guess i don't know if she owes them money or she, she owes, she owes them, them drugs because she, drugs <laughs> yeah. she was running drugs for them and she ends up stealing from them um so he ends up basically having kind of having to defend himself because they come into his pawn shop and now all of a sudden he's involved in this. And so they kidnap the little girl because they take the little girl basically as payment and kill the mother for the drugs that the mother took. And so, and he's not going to have this. So he's going to go after them for, um, to get the girl back and to save her life because he feels he owes it to her. And we find out that he throughout the police doing their investigation that he's a former black ops assassin and that's why he has no trail. And that's why he is the man from nowhere, but he is from somewhere. And he's a bad dude that you don't want to mess with as he, uh, he kills him all. You know, yeah, he, he doesn't flinch. In, in that, that scene where they toss him her eyes mm-hmm. and, and she, they're like, Oh, the, the girl's in heaven, but can't find her mom. Cause she can't see. Yeah. You trying know. to, trying to, Egg, egg him on, yeah, yeah, and he he draws from the hip and shoots low, so he gets a shot off without them like realizing that he really draw drew, mm. and he's slowly making his way to have a better line of sight to the exit where these guys are leaving. So it's like his tactics are are sound. It's not just uh, a a run of the mill action scene. It's well thought out. Um, down to the you know the beginning of the of the movie where the uh, the mom uh, the junkie mom is uh, gonna steal the drugs and you could tell she's never handled a taser before and she shocks the guy in the back of the neck and she drops the taser because you could tell she's like probably wasn't expecting that um, she's nervous um, the actors do a really good job uh, of bringing. Um, that physicality to the scene, just, you know, physically showing um, their emotions as well as, uh, you know, emoting with their face. Um, you know, they're, they're very good with their body too. Um, but, but yeah, it's uh, it shows an ugly side of, of that drug cartel uh, type of mentality. And you've heard these stories before. I know I have of, you know, people, they, they use dead people to smuggle drugs sometimes. Right. And so I saw her body carved up at first. I thought maybe they were going to plan to use, uh, you know, the, the mom's body to, you know, smuggle drugs, but it was really her organs and stuff. Mm. And it's like, it's just crazy. Uh, it's, it's kind of bloody, uh, but it's, it's with purpose and the scenes are man about what you would expect. If you're, if you're used to Korean cinema, um or or asian action cinema and uh it's pretty pretty gritty uh and and pretty awesome um and of course like you said it's got that that emotional aspect too um yeah it's it's one of the one of the best probably that i've seen um 
it's uh it's definitely up there with uh the night comes for us probably in that same vein um and this, I, i'm not you know i just haven't this seen is a lot. this is grounded a little bit more than the night comes for us night comes yeah. for us is definitely more over the top oh very over yeah. the top because by the time you get to, like the ninth fight and the night comes for us there's like no way dude would survive he'd be dead already yeah <laughs> i like whenever he takes out a teddy bear uh yeah. and they, they expect him to teddy bear to put up more of a fight because he puts up a fight with the cops earlier uh this big old sumo looking dude and he just takes him out no problem yeah uh very quick and, and they just hand him the phone and i thought they were gonna you know this is my first time watching it i i thought they were gonna be like okay you know come work for us or the girl gets it kind of thing you know because i know sometimes you know you see those movies where they're like you just took out one of my lieutenants you know you're working for me now you're you're gonna you're gonna fulfill his role right and then whenever i don't need you you're dead yeah one thing i like about this movie too is um it, i think it's very well acted for a foreign language action film little girl's really good in it uh the main protagonist he's really good uh and i like the bad guys a fact that I like the fact they're a little over the top. Like they're really overly confident themselves yeah. uh, where it comes apart. Like if you read the dialogue and the subtitles, it might seem a little silly, but then I started thinking that, no, it's supposed to be that there's, they're so confident in what they're doing. Cause they've been getting away with it for so long. Yeah. The cops didn't, didn't touch them. No one messed with them that they were just, that's why they were a little goofy. I, that's what I, that's what I got out of it. That they're just so confident in this trade they have growing, going on until, until he shows up and he's like, no, I'm not having it. And, and he uh, takes them all out. He gets, a, he, he kills all of them and he saves a little girl and he gets out and he ends up unfortunately having to go to jail at the end because, well, he's not a cop. He can't just go killing all these people legally, but he makes sure that the little girl's taken care of before he goes away. Um, so it has a bit of one of those films with a bittersweet ending. But I'm also kind of glad they didn't kill him at the end of the movie because mm -hmm. then I think it would have really um, been more of a disappointing ending. Uh, but but you for being your first time watching it, so uh, so you you enjoyed it. Oh yeah, no, it's it's got you know it all the action scenes. Like I said, you can tell the actors um, and credit to the director too. Um, you know you got to give that that guy uh, credit. But it's like from, you know, the, the stripper, the, the mom stripper junkie uh, trying to tiptoe very lightly. It's uh, the how close they get and, and how gritty the um, the camera is and the the actual film is. It's uh, it, it brings a lot of life and tone to the scene. Um, you know, and, and the action scenes, you know, the knife fight with the karambit, um, with the, uh, the Lieutenant that's almost looks like he's a match for our protagonist, but he's, of course he's not, you know, mm -hmm. he, he's the guy, uh, like in the James Bond movie, he'd be the guy with the name tag, you know, yeah, he's got to put a little bit of effort in to take him out. You know, he can't just do the one judo chop and take him out. Uh, <laughs> you know, he's, he's going to take a quite a few more punches uh before he goes down but that's a that's a pretty badass scene with that karambit and the knife play and you know their their forearms are clashing and uh you usually don't see that type of knife fight you know it's like you always see in, in the movie the guy tries to like uh grab the knife or um they take their shirt off and when the guy throws the knife at them they twist their arm up and you know try and get the knife away. It's like, this is an elongated fight, almost like a fencing match um, with the knives. And uh, it, it, you know, obviously took a lot of effort, but you know, it seems like that, that make this movie unique and, uh, and make it different uh, and sets it above, um, you know, a lot of other action films that we may see over here. Right. And I like too, that, it's it's an Asian action film, but it doesn't quite feel like a Hong Kong film, but doesn't quite feel like an American film. It's it's like it's it's distinctively Korean in its own style, which yeah. and and it you can't it's hard to explain that through words on a podcast. I think that you have to understand the different styles of how the 
the triads and gangsters are used in a Hong Kong film or how gangsters are used in an American film and how they're used in this film. Um, and I felt like it was just different enough to set itself apart from other films in, in, in that market, if that makes sense too. Yeah. Um, and the interesting thing is the actor who played the protagonist is whose character's name was, was Tash Sikh. Um, Juan Ben has not acted again since this movie. He's got a project coming up. Um, but he, um, was just interesting. No reason why he just felt like taking a break. He felt, I read something, he felt the film was really intense and it was a lot to work on and he just needed a break. And he had, I think young family at home he was taking care of. Uh, and, and he had some popularity in Korea at this point in his career. So in this movie was very successful for him. Yeah. Uh, the young girl, like half a million dollars and you know, that made like 44. Yeah. No? Yeah. The young girl, you know, so me was only 10 years old when this movie was made and she's really good in it. Um, but yeah, it was very successful. Um, uh, film, like I said, about 44, $50 million, um, for a low, for a very low budget film, but the film doesn't look low budget, you know? No, no. It looks, it looks solid. It, it looks I mean, like what you no normally see for me. Well, you save money. We dress everybody in black. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Have everyone wear the same and get, get all those suits at a, at a bundle price, you know? Right. Uh, and, uh, no, it's true. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but no, it, it is a, um, it is a, a good solid action, a thriller film. And, uh, and, and when you start watching it, you might think it's a, a bit standard, but I think as you get into the film and get deeper and as you discover who, uh, Tasik is and, and his background and why he is and especially why it's so important for him to save the girl. Yeah. You find out what happened to his wife and his unborn child. You, it just, it kind of hits you. You're like, man, I can see why he's doing this. He has nothing to live for. He really doesn't. His life to him at this point, um, mean, doesn't mean a lot to him. He's just going through the motions and he's looking for meaning in his life. And this little girl who he saves gives him that meaning. Yeah. Um, he's her only, know, has to the point time. that whenever he thinks that she's dead, he almost decides to kill himself until he finds out she's still alive. Yeah. Um, and that just shows you that that's gave him a reason to live. Um, and, uh, and I think that that gave the, gives the movie a lot of a deeper meaning, than just a standard action film, which yeah. is, I think important. I think you go back to, uh, to John Woo's films, uh, as we know why detective tequila or his, or his character, Mickey mouse and the killer, uh, we always gave his assassins as detectives deeper meanings behind their characters, and we even see it in American films. We we know that Chad Sosinski is very influenced by these films. He gave John Wick a deeper meaning as to why Wick is doing what he's doing, you know, and uh, and I think that's important behind a uh, behind a action star. And I think sometimes. Yeah. You look back and we we enjoy those. And I'm not going to knock your boy Arnold Schwarzenegger, but you watch some of those action films from the 80s, and there's a lot of not a lot of deep, you know, meaning behind those characters. You know, very it was rarely. a product I mean, of its time, and it was the best yeah. product of its time. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And then you had Wu come along and with his films in the late 80s and early 90s and start changing the action genre, and then it carried over into the 90s with American cinema. You you could argue. As much as people might complain about Michael Bay, you could argue action films like The Rock and the and the Bat and Bad Boys, where you start, you know, these caring about these characters that you watch in the films. They're not just action stars; they're throwaway stars, you know. Um, but it, uh, but a lot of that started with Asian cinema, and it continues into movies like The Man from Nowhere, which is now 13 years old. But, but uh, you know, you you give your action star a, a deeper caring behind him, you know, and it makes you as an audience member care what as you go through this journey. Yeah, dude. That, like, like in, in Die Hard, when John McClane, you know, he's he's banged up, he's got two bullets left in his gun and in, in his Beretta, he's got nothing left in his M5 that he took off of uh, Nick or whichever one of the guys that he he shot, and he he radios Carl, and he says, you know, he's like, uh, he's like. If you, he's like, by then, at the end, of, by the time this is over, you'll know who I am. Find my wife. He's like, tell her, he's like, he's like, tell her I'm sorry. She's heard me say I love you a million times, but she's never heard me say I'm sorry. He's like, tell her I should have been more supportive. And when things started panning out for her, you know, I should have been, I should have been better. 
tell her I'm sorry. And he's like, you're going to tell her yourself, man. And it's like, it's like, whoa, man, you know, this, this emotion's coming out. And this guy all of a sudden is not, you know, goes from just, uh, you know, you're, you know, not so your, your action star, um, with a, with a third dimension, you know, yeah. he doesn't, he's not all just blood and bullets, you know, and, and brawn, you know, he's got a, he's got a heart too. And, uh, and he's got, you know, some emotions tied, uh, to the people around him. And, you know, that's, that's that third dimension that makes your standard action film just elevate. Uh, and, and like you said, Arnold, uh, you know, his, his movies were great. I think maybe true lies was probably the that's closest more modern thing. even that though. that's mid nineties. Yeah. Yeah. Mid so. Yeah. That's, that's whenever that's probably, and that's, could argue that's his best action film, not named Terminator. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, but the man from nowhere, man, certainly a good film worth watching. It's on Netflix right now. Um, and, and, and don't be afraid because it's in Korean. I, nothing makes me matter when someone says, Oh, I don't want to read a movie. Some of my favorite, favorite films of all time are foreign language films. And so it just irritates me. I know anyone I hear someone say that. You're, you're going to get an earful from me if you tell me you don't watch a movie because you have to read it. No. Yeah. And then they'll go home and they'll put on fucking subtitles on the on the movie, yeah. right? Yeah. I don't want to read it, you know. Oh, but I, I can't hear you. American, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, But yeah, but before we get too far into 2024, we thought uh, we'd kick off our bringing back the top five this year um, might be an every other week thing. Sometimes we'll do back to back weeks, but, but uh, I always enjoy doing the top five. I think we both did. And, and uh, I, now we will throw our co our other co-host long under the bus a little bit and say that he didn't always enjoy it. Cause he had to do a little homework, um, yeah. but you know, but I, I always think they're fun, but it was a good idea to give it a rest. So we're going to bring it back this year and, uh, and we're going to kick it off with our, top five movies we're most looking forward to this year and theaters in 2024. Um, and I'll, I'll kick it off with, a I, with my, with my two honorable mentions, one honorable mention, we don't know is coming out this year because if it wasn't, if it was coming out, this would probably be my number one, but I'm going to leave an honorable mention list. And that is beyond the spider verse because we just don't know. We don't have an updated release date yet from Sony. Um, being that it's January, I'm really starting to think it's gonna be early next year. I'm kind of, Still holding out hope that we get it by the end of the year. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, we don't know. Um, my other my other honorable mention is uh, Alien Romulus. You know, um, big fan of this series. I think it's kind of cool that you know it's gonna take place in the same universe as Ripley's Alien, but not on the same planet or the same era. Like from what I was reading, I guess Romulus is kind of taking place within the general same time frame that Ripley's Aliens is going on. It's a different set of characters. With, okay. with Xenomorph somewhere else. So this movie has a certain curiosity to it. You know, I mean, it's alien. I'm like, hey, you know, it's a franchise that I dig. Let's see what they can do with it, you know. Um, so I, until I see footage and I see more, I can't get too hyped about it. Yeah. But the general curiosity for uh, for Alien Romulus. And, uh, but those are the two I have as Marvel will mention. And, and, uh, do you have any honorable mentions or are you just starting out with the five? Yeah, actually, actually beyond the Spider-Verse, like you said, for the same reason, actually. Um, I'm glad you brought that up. We don't know if it's even going to come out this year or not. It, it could be, um, yeah. but my gut tells me um, that it's going to get pushed again. Yeah. Um, yeah, so at number five, I'll kick off number five. And, man, it's... Um, and Deadpool 3, and not because of Deadpool. I mean, you, you know I'm not the biggest Deadpool fan in the world. I think it's an okay character. But it's because, mm-hmm. man, Hugh Jackman's coming back as Wolverine, and that's going to have my butt in the seats. You know, and uh, I could care less what Ryan Reynolds is doing as Deadpool, but you got Hugh coming back as Wolverine. I'm there. Uh, we just covered the Wolverine a couple weeks ago. You know, he's been one of my uh, favorite actors, turned into a comic book character that I love for all these years, and I'm excited to see him come back and uh, – for one last hurrah. And uh, if, and if you believe the rumors that are true, that there might be a Daniel Radcliffe character as a young Wolverine with the passing of the torch in the film, I'm, I'm all there for that. You know, I can dig that, you know, we'll see how it all turns out when that movie, it's a theaters in July. Yeah. For, for me, I've got a, I've got ghostbusters frozen empire. (coughs) Sorry. I, uh, I feel like this movie is going to be enjoyable. um, But I, 
I don't know if it's going to be as good as Afterlife. Uh, it's, but it's Ghostbusters. Um, they've got some new uh, uniforms, just like in Ghostbusters 2. Uh, there were some new uniforms that were marketed but not shown. Um, but my kids are, are really looking forward to Ghostbusters, and it's going to be fun getting them back in the, to the theater and, and hearing those sirens uh, and, uh, and hearing that, that Ray Parker Jr. theme song. I guess I should have put that on my list, but at number four, I have a, I have this animated Transformers prequel called Transformers One, which is apparently a prequel to the original 1984 animated series of some sorts. Um, okay. Again, a movie we don't have any footage from yet. We don't know a lot about, but Transformers is one of my favorite franchises of all time. Um, and when I say favorite franchises, I'm not talking the recent live action films. I take those for what they are, but I'm just talking Transformers in general. You know, and 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 it's going to be cool to see Generation One Optimus and all those guys on the big screen in animated form when this movie hits in uh, September or October. I think it comes out. Can't remember exactly, but Transformers One coming out later this year. Yeah, it's definitely later. Um, I've got Kingdom for the Planet of the Apes. Um, it it looks really good. Um, we haven't seen much more than the teaser, um, so we'll see if I'm kind of anticipating it a little bit more after that, but. Uh, you know, the previous Planet of the Apes films have been great. Uh, and, and I think this is going to be nothing short compared to those. So uh, looking forward to it. That's what I have at number three is a King of Planet Apes. And I, and I kind of could have had this at two or one, even because I'm a huge fan of this series. I am. Um, yeah, I love the uh, going back to the 1960s film. Um, in fact, in May, we might do another one of the 1960s films. The next one of the series is we get gear up for kingdom of Planet of the apes yeah um but i i think the one thing that's holding me back from this is uh no more matt reeves no more andy circus so without those two involved we'll see i mean the trailer looks great um uh but reading things i have read with west ball the director and everything he's he gets it man he's he's i i guess he's spoken with matt reeves and they've talked about things and hopefully he's able to carry on the torch from where war for the planet of the apes left off as we uh get the kingdom here in a couple few months yes sir um for me uh in this spot i've, I've got godzilla x kong uh i think it's going to be loads of fun uh, my oldest is gonna definitely want me to take him to the theater to go see it right when it comes out uh probably gonna have to look for some fan uh some early fan release showings but Godzilla X Kong, man. If you know giant monsters, you just can't go wrong with. We keep monsters. flipping back and forth here, then, because that's my number two. It's Godzilla <laughs> X Kong, the new Empire. Um, this Godzilla role I've been on lately, continuing it, looking forward to it. Uh, I think there's a place in this world where you can have a really great, serious Godzilla film like Godzilla minus one, but I'm all there for the popcorn fun too with Godzilla X Kong. Um, you know, and 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 see how this all plays out. I think it's going to be a lot of fun and exciting. We'll go see it here and just, uh, and that one's much closer to some of these other ones. That's just about, uh, six, six, uh, six or seven weeks away or so. So not too far. Um, and, um, yeah. Yeah. So that was number. Yeah. So you're number two. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we're number, number two, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, I've got a Furiosa, uh, want to see Ann Taylor joy and Chris Hemsworth continue on the Mad Max legacy. Uh, and you know, I, I hope it's just like Mad Max Fury Road, where we feel like we just got shot out of a cannon and just you know, or or, or fired out of a the piston of an engine. Uh, you I know, I feel like I had to catch my breath after Fury yeah, Road, man. <laughs> it was it was just non stop, man. Uh, and uh, yeah, I feel like this this movie's got to be the same way, it's got to be. That's my number one. My number one is Furiosa, man. I'm a I'm hyped for it. I'm 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 hoping George Miller pulls off magic again. It's kind of a little bit, um, maybe a little bit back to not have Mad Max himself in it or no Tom Hardy or anything like that. But but uh, I have enough faith in the way the series is going, going back to 1979 with the to now. To why why not? Why can't uh -huh. George Miller do it again? You know, make another fantastic movie. Yeah, no, and uh, my number one, I've got Deadpool three, got it a, a lot higher, um, but I, you know, all those rumors, <laughs> all those rumors about uh, Jennifer Garner coming back to reply replies Alexa or Electra, 
and uh and, and uh uh ben affleck coming back to reprise daredevil and it's like all these other rumors i, I yeah if they're true it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy uh yes. so i hope they're true they're true not that we need to see them again on right. screen uh but just if that's the case uh, i think it's gonna be loads of fun yeah we'll see hopefully hopefully it's well done um but yeah 2024 man should be you know cinema still not 100 percent recovered from the covid years but i'd say it's probably i mean i'd argue that it's 80 percent back and uh yeah hopefully it just continues down that path man people go to theaters and, and go support cinema because man it's cool to have it streaming at home but there's nothing like the experience of seeing a film on the big screen you know exactly and, uh, so 2024 should be a lot of fun and then we continue on through our 2024 shows with uh next week man we're gonna go back and uh and um we're gonna stay in the action genre for next week and uh and take a look back at harrison ford's first turn as uh SCIA agent Jack Ryan as we take a look at uh, his film Patriot Games. This won't be like anything you've ever done before, little brother. Target leaving the palace now. From the producer of The Hunt for Red October. Get down! Based on the best-selling novel comes the summer's most explosive motion picture. Hoodie. So you just waited on in like John Wayne. I couldn't just stand there and watch him shoot those people. It was rage. Pure rage. A reluctant soldier. They were moving him to Albany Prison on the Isle of Wight when it happened. We know he's escaped. We think he's left the country. In a war that isn't his. What Ryan done can't be undone, so you should stop thinking about it. I can't. There's never been a terrorist attack on American soil, Jack. These men are professionals. Personal revenge rarely plays into it. But I killed his brother. A man fighting for everything he holds dear. Where's Sally? Let's, uh, let's sit down for a moment. No, talk to me. For justice. I'm after the man who tried to kill my family. I want back in. Who are we looking for here? IRA terrorists or some ultra-violent faction of the IRA? This is who we should be looking for. We find her, we'll find them. For freedom. Where are you taking me? It's you who've taken us, Jack, into battle. ETA, 35 seconds. SES could take on any one of these camps. Are you sure this is the same girl? For family. He's never gonna let us go, is he? I don't care what you have to do. You just get it. For keeps. Where's Sean Miller? Get me hostage rescue at Quantico now. Airborne support approaching target area. Games. Uh, yeah, you know, this is a movie. It's been a while since I've seen this one. It's funny because I'm I'm pretty familiar with Clear and Present Danger, right? And uh, mm -hmm. Patriot Games is, and, and of course, we covered Hunt for Red October on the show. But Patriot Games is kind of the Jack Ryan film I kind of always forget. But then when I watch it, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is really good. I remember all this. You know, <laughs> does that make sense? Yeah. Um, so, you know, so it'll be fun to rewatch it this week and, and talk Patriot Games on the show. Um, uh, next week, and then I always liked Harrison Ford's turn as Jack Ryan, and uh, I'd always hoped he would have gotten to do a third film. And of course, you know, we know that 9 11 prevented that from happening, that's why he never came back because they could not do the film that would have taken place after Clear and Present Danger because of <coughs> they would have severely had to have changed the uh subplot of the, the book in order to pull it off on film. But we'll yeah. talk about more of that next week as to why that never happened. But uh, should be a fun one, huh, Matt? Talk yeah. Games. Oh, yeah, man. I. Uh, it yeah, was just James Earl Jones' birthday the other day, so it seems appropriate. Oh, my God. Yeah. We're doing a movie that he's in. There we go. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's good. That's that's definitely better than my uh, than my pick uh, that I, I had suggested. So, yeah, if, if James Earl Jones, uh, you know, if he's in it, then let's do it. Let's yeah. do it, baby. You didn't know he was um, in it? Or you just forgot he was in it? Yeah. I'd never seen that 
I've ever seen that. You've never seen Patriot games? No. Really? I've seen Clear and Present Danger. I've seen Air Force How One. How did you watch Clear and Air Force One's not a Jack Ryan film? Well, I, it's, yeah. But how did you, you know, not? I've seen. How did you yeah. see Clear and Present Danger and not Patriot games? <laughs> I don't know, man. I you know sometimes they those movies together. they they I think uh, they were just kind of showing <laughs> on cable one time, and I just didn't no. catch that one. Um, but I remember and, Clear and Present Danger. That's funny. All right. Well, that'll be next week on the show. And until then, um, the Rebel Radio Podcast.com for all your Rebel Radio needs, as always. And um, we thank you for listening and we do appreciate it. And until next time, this has been Mark. This has been Matt. And remember, as always, just go just there. Go and there do and it. do it.